morning, beautiful people. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> oh my God, it's the middle of this week already. I can't believe it. I feel like this, this time is flying by. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's because I'm getting older or the days are getting faster. I don't, I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be, I'm going to be singing Christmas songs, which I like to do in, in any minute. <laughs> Any minute, I'm going to be singing Christmas songs. I have so much. Listen, I have so much on my plate right now. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. I, but this is the life I'm living, and I've chosen it, and I'm happy to be doing all the things because I feel very vibrant and alive. I've got some other things i got to work on, though. My health, I have to get this health thing right. I'm not in poor health. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't want people to be worried. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do a GoFundMe for my services just yet. Uh, but but I, I do. There are some things that I need to feel better about. And uh, and, you know, October for me is my January. So I use I use October as my January. So I set goals and intentions for the new year. Now, I just now when January comes, I just just follow up on what I said in October. So October is coming. Because you know, I tell y'all all the time, October is a, a loaded month for me because so so much, so much has happened to change the trajectory of my life in October. You know, I got married, I um uh my first child arrived in October. Uh, well was adopted in October. She arrived that, that summer, like now. She would be arriving like now or something. Uh, but she was actually adopted in the, uh, October. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I went. I walked into the federal prison camp October 1st, walked out on the 29th. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, there's so many. I have so many things that went on in October. My mom's birthday is in October. My mom's death is in October. <laughs> My ex-husband's birthday is in October, which is our wedding day. Oh my God. So so I got like tons and tons and tons of things. And I and I believe I've added since, you know, I really should have been writing this down. I've I I've probably have added some things as a matter of fact. Do you know what I mean? Like I think I've added some things in October uh, that I need to uh, pay attention to. You know, my 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 late father's birthday is in October. I mean, it's just all kinds of so so I treat October as my my New Year's, you know, where I I I set the intention for what I want to do moving forward. Because I, I got to bring some magic into October. <laughs> Otherwise I'd cry in my beer. And I'm not going to do that. So so um so October it is, October it is. And uh, yeah, that's what it is. So uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And uh, and we'll we'll just uh, we'll just make it work. But October is coming. So I mean, we've. I mean, listen. I'm not rushing it because we are. Um, we are we are squarely in September. It is the middle of September. Uh, today is the 14th. I think my goal is to try to get back to tap dancing. Um, now that both hips work, the Tinas are working. 
So um, tap dancing starts today. So I'm going to try to go today. Um, I've got some things in front of that. So we'll see. You know, I'm trying to have a life of doing all the things that I want to be doing. That's my plan. So uh, that's my plan. And, and then build all the social things that I do around it. You know, we had a good time on the porch last night. You know, Ife and myself, Lauren popped by with a bottle of um, Perseverance wine. <laughs> Andrew Gearing popped in with a fresh haircut and a uh, uh, trimmed beard, looking ambiguously continental. <laughs> I, I don't know what country he's from. <laughs> looks like he could be from the Middle East to Italy to some parts of Africa. You know, he just got that ambiguous look, which I know is, it could probably be quite troublesome, right? Could be troublesome. Um, uh, that you could just sort of, it's akin to shape-shifting, I guess, that you could sort of show up in the world and just blend in in a lot of places without having to sort of say who you are. I don't have no such luck. But anyway, it was a good conversation on the porch last night. We're going to do it all again. I don't know, tonight, tomorrow, whenever. We'll do, it, we'll do it all again, you know, another night. I mean, people are like, well, what's the schedule of the porch? This is the schedule of the porch. Any nice day that you drive by and see people on the porch, that's the schedule. People ask me as if I'm, I, I don't know what to tell. I was like, Listen, drive by. If you see folks on the porch, pull over park, come on up. That's it. It's, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, only time I tell people to come over is when I'm planning something particularly specific, you know, um, if I plan something specific and thank you to all the people that sent money, it kept us in wine all summer. Um, people came by and still bringing wine and all this stuff. I mean, you know, I, I'm just grateful. I want people to come. I didn't. I didn't get to, to program the porch up, but it's not too late to like have people play and do some music and all that kind of stuff. It's not too late. It is definitely not too late. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see what we do. We'll see. It's, it's still summer. Summer doesn't end until what uh, the twenty first, and then we go right into fall. But until then, baby. I'm squeezing out every bit of summer. So that's what I'm doing. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to all the people who sort of send me support. I, I you know what, I, I appreciate y'all. And, and some of the, and the spaces and places where y'all listen, I'm just appreciative. And when I, I never think that people are listening to me at all. So I don't, I don't necessarily talk as if, I, ne I don't necessarily talk as if people are listening to me. I just talk because I'm a talker and I was that kid that used to get sent to the principal's office because she was talking so much. <laughs> My mother would get these notes. <laughs> Barbara refuses to stop talking, chatting in class. <laughs> I was quite the loquacious student. <laughs> Look, mom, it has paid off in spades because now I talk for a living. Ha ha ha. The irony of it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do know uh, Ms. Chapman, who was my 
seventh grade, eighth grade teacher at Trowbridge Middle School. Um, I'm glad that I run into her periodically. And she she hates when I call her Miss Shamin. <laughs> She's like, you could call me Gloria. I was like, Miss Shamin, I'm never gonna call you Gloria. <laughs> I am never ever gonna call you Gloria. That is just not going to, I'm not gonna call you Gloria to your face. I know that. And I'm I'm 59 years old. And and Miss Chapman will always be my eighth grade teacher. I'm never gonna call her by her first name. <laughs> and every time she sees me, she's like, "It's Gloria." I was like, "I know, Miss Chapman. I know what your first name is." <laughs> I, I'm not gonna call you that. You know, it's just it's just those things, right? It's just things you're just never. You ne- there are things you're never gonna do. That's how I was raised, though. I was raised that way. You just can't get away from it. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't cuss in front of um, older people unless I know them. Do you know what I mean? Unless, unless I really, really know them, and it's rare. I, I just don't do it. I cuss, I cuss with my contemporaries, with my friends. I don't cuss in in just regular conversation with people unless I'm very, very comfortable. So some people don't even know that I use bad words. Now there's a lot of people out there who do know I use bad words. And I don't even want to say bad words. That's just some old relic of saying cuss words when I was from when I was a kid. Uh, but I, you know, I, I cuss a lot. And I like it. Because I, I used to hear people say, oh, people, people who cuss like that don't have vocabulary. Like what? <laughs> there's a fine art to fine arting cuss words. You have to be able to use use them well. I think I do. So I'm not used to people. Uh, I, I I I like it, and I I I tend to like to cuss in front of church people because it unnerves them. <laughs> it it freaks church people out when I slip in an F word or S word or A word or D word, and I can I can I can see the 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 air in the room shift. <laughs> I don't do it in people's churches. No, don't get me wrong. But if I'm outside somewhere talking to church people who I know are bona fide church people, it flips them out. And I, I love it. I mean, no harm, but it, it, it's, it's quite enjoyable to me to see them twist and turn. So I'm just saying. So all my church friends, look out. Um, we did find out when uh, Simi's um, service is going to be. I believe it's Thursday um, at um, Gateway in West Haven. And then the repast is going to be at uh, Keeler Lydell. So I believe that's, uh, I think that's what's happening. Um, Ife made a couple of calls last night and because we were all wondering like, what is happening? And what is happening with Miss Hazel's um, service? I mean, I just want to know. I'm going to ask my older and see if he knows. uh, Because I want to know. Uh, because you know we all care about these people, and we want to pay our respects. We 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 want to pay our our respects, and uh, and th- that's very important, particularly to black people. You know, when somebody passes, we we want to we want to do what we need to do. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll get some more we'll get some more uh, intel on that. And I believe uh, Ife said his sister was putting that information out like today. So, so you know, we'll all adjust our lives and make space for what, what is to come. 
and we'll go and pay our respects to the very elegant and dapper. And uh, 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 and I don't know who was the bigger wine drinker between the two of us, he and I. But every time I saw him somewhere, I swear to God, a wine glass appears out of the ethers and he gives it to you. <laughs> like, like, Simi, what? <laughs> like, what is what is happening here? What is happening? And uh, and I hope somebody goes and checks on David Sepulveda because I know that was his dear friend. And uh, and, you know, people people can have dear friends with people and be in love with them as friends. Do you understand what I'm saying, people? So cut that noise. And, and even if you know or don't know or whatever, I, I just thought their friendship was just the best friendship. And I know what it's like to have friendships that people sort of question, you know, that people sort of question and ask questions about. And, and I don't know, I don't, listen, a friend is the best possible relationship you could have. I find friendship more, much more valuable than marriage. You know, marriage is, marriage is, 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 is a transactional thing, but, and I, listen, I don't care what you say. Marriage is a transactional thing. I love marriage. I love people getting married. I'm performing a wedding next week. So I believe in that, but it is for me, friendships, that are really the salt and depth of our lives. It is the friendships that we carry with us that walk us through life. You know, I don't know where I would be without my, my, my band of friends. I don't know where I would be. And, and, and so to lose any of them would be such a tragedy and would so rip me up. I, I, I don't know how I would go on. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't know how to move forward. Um, so I value friendship. Uh, and, and you could be friends with all kinds of people. You could be friends with your spouse. Yes, of course. You could be friends with your sister, your brothers, your, your, your kids, you know, as they, as they grow up and become adults, you know, you'd be friends with them. You know, the mothering part ends. It, it never really ends, but it, the day-to-day ends of the mothering part so you get to be friends with your kids and and be concerned about their lives and have conversations with them that are not about you know you directing them <laughs> i'm out that game <laughs> uh, and uh and i and I, I i i'm not one of these people that sort of misses children um underfoot like that i want them to be in the world i don't I don't mind if they go. I want them to go and see some of the world. I want them to go live other places and do other things. That's what I raised them to do. What did we raise kids to do? We didn't raise kids to be our pets. <laughs> oh, stay right up under mama. No, we're not raising kids to be pets. We're raising kids to be capable, independent adults who can make decisions about their lives without, without, with, little, with little involvement from us. That's my scope of parenting, you know, I give them the tools, let them go use them, see what they do. I'm always around until I'm not. And so that's what it is. So yes, you miss them. You're supposed to miss them. What? Missing is a legitimate emotion. <laughs> miss them. <laughs> so when they come back, you are grateful to see them with open arms. So anyway, I value friendship. And so somebody check on David Sepulveda for me. Make sure he's all right, because I know how close he was. And I mean, they were just the darlingest, 
duo, you know, with their um, with their little mobile business, not little mobile business, with their artistic mobile business. You know, they make these mobiles <laughs> and and be commissioned to make mobiles. You know, mobiles are hanging in the air and turn and do all these things. You know, they had a particular uh, look and feel to theirs. Um, and I just enjoyed talking to them about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, my God. Oh, so let me tell you this little funny story last night. So um, Lauren's husband, Chris, is an artist, a painter. And so... <laughs> So she was talking about how he did the painting of Ife and uh, Marquisha. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm done talking to them. They didn't tell me they had pictures of themselves. I'm done. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not talking to these ladies for them. They didn't tell me. I don't know anything about this. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about these, these portraits? <laughs> And they're beautiful, absolutely beautiful, 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 beautiful. So Ife goes through her. <laughs> Ife goes to look for a receipt. She's like, Man, we told you. I know I told you. You liked it. She pulled it up. She's like, there it is. I think I even had a comment. <laughs> this is what I love about my friends. This is, this is what I love about them, that they... That they they just go along with my crazy and then just like okay, uh, here it is right here. <laughs> so so he does beautiful work and it's such a be just beautiful portraits just beautiful you know. And uh, I, I, it just captured them like I could like Marquisha's portrait is just exactly how I see her, you know, standing in front of nature, you know. And uh, Ife is standing outside. I mean, they're both outside people. You know, they love to be outside. Uh, I love to be outside too, but not the way that they like to be outside. My outside consists of being on a porch or on a deck. <laughs> I'll take a walk in the woods. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed. I'm not taking a long walk in the woods, but I'll take a walk in the woods. I used to take my kids to, for uh, hiking up East Rock a couple of times. You know, when they were little, my husband couldn't stand it. He was like, why, why are you, it's, harm is going to come. You know, my husband was always one of these people. If, if you have a grill outside, you're going to burn down the house. If you have a fireplace, it's sudden death. Do you know what I mean? Like he was one of those people. It's a wonder that he managed to grow up at all. I mean, he grew up all around the world. He's a military brat and, and would be all over the place and all over the world by himself and running around. So I don't understand why he had this whole fear. Like he would, when we were newly divorced and he had this apartment with these wall floor to ceiling windows and he would tell the kids, okay, don't stand by that window. Don't stand by the windows because you could fall out. Now these kids are like teenagers. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Dad won't let us stand by the windows. <laughs> Dad won't let us cook at his house because he's afraid we'll burn it down. So I, I taught them how to set, make the fire in the fireplace. So when he brought them home one time, I had sent a message to them. I said, uh, somebody start a fire. I'm on my way home. Somebody get the fire going in the fireplace. 
And I get home, the kids are sitting there with their faces long. Dad wouldn't let us do it. I said, well, why wouldn't you let, they know how to, they know how to light a fire. Oh no, I, I didn't feel comfortable having them light a fire and then me leaving. Right, so, so he waited till I got there. So I, I, when I got there, I said, kids, go light the fire. Show your father how y'all know how to light the fire. And they did it. And he was just wholly impressed. I was like, I taught them. What, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I taught them. They know how to do it. They could do it in their sleep. They know how to open the flute. They know how to clean and how to do all the things. I taught them. They could do it. <laughs> oh, my God. He used to crack me up. Crack me all the way up with his foolishness. So anyway, um, yeah, outdoors, outdoors. And, you know, I used to have a really nice tricked out backyard with nice backyard furniture and tables and, you know, all, I mean, just, I tried to make it like a resort back there. You know, I really did. Um, Cause I knew if I was going to be back there, I was going to chill, you know, and chill I did. Uh, but I'm, I much prefer a porch now instead of a backyard you can't see anything in the backyard. The world is in front of you, not behind you. So being in a backyard, just, you know, it's its own container. It feels like a container. So on a porch, you can see people coming, going, passing by. It's inviting. It's welcoming. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll go to somebody's backyard party all day. I, I, will, I will hang at a backyard party uh, all, all day. Uh, not, don't you worry. Uh, I'm not suggesting that I don't like backyards. I do. I just don't want one in my life at this moment. So, woo. Yeah. Uh, what time is it? Oh, it's about 9.29. And uh, uh, let me, let me, you know, the class of 74 Hill House High School is looking for y'all. So if you know anybody, who went to Hill House and is a part of the class of 74, email hillhouse74 and, uh, oh, it says 20, I'm sorry. I'll get back to that, Julia. Um, email hillhouse74 uh, at gmail so that you can uh, participate in the reunion. They're going to be having a reunion. They're going to be shooting a video for the reunion in October. So get on that mailing list, email list, so that you can have that information. So this is my courtesy. <laughs> it's my PSA. <laughs> I just want y'all to know that. Oh, autumn. Autumn, yes. Fall is here. It's arriving the 22nd. I'll be ready. I, you know, but I, I'm, I'm rooted in summer right now. And uh, and everybody's like, ooh, summer's ending. It is. It's, it's ending. It is. It's fine. But the weather hasn't changed totally. It's not going to change drastically. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll miss Simi. I think, you know, when I was at Kim Weston's um, um, opening last Friday, you know, you kind of half expected Simi to walk through with a glass of wine. I don't, I don't know where, he, I don't know where, wine, wine glasses and wine just, just appear. You know what I mean? Like they just show up with him. <laughs> you could be standing there, next thing you know, he goes, Bob's, and then handed me a glass of wine. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so that was always, always, uh, always fun. I already miss him. I already miss him. I already miss 
seeing him. So if y'all know David Sepulveda, please check in on him. And all the folks over at uh, the West Village Arts Collective, you know, Dulio and Kate Stevens and, you know, all those folks that hung out over there, who hang out over there, who have a studio over there, check on them and see how they're doing. Because that's their friend and comrade and colleague. Check, check on them, you know, check on. Everybody else will be all right, but check on, check on them who worked with him on a day-to-day, saw him day-to-day, Miss Tina and, and all those folks who, you know, worked closely with him. Uh, let's go see about him. Anyway, uh, it's Wednesday. And let me tell you what's going on. I know you want to know if you've not seen um, um, uh, Toto, y'all know the artist Toto. Um, he's got that play Requ- Requiem for a, uh, uh, a chair, I think. And uh, it's, he's going to be performing it at the Schwartzman Center. And uh, I think it's this week or ne- I think I'm going to look it up real quick. But I was trying to schedule him to come on uh, because uh, I want to talk about that body of work. And, uh, and he's done it before. I think he, I think he did it. Um, I think he did it uh, for Arts and Ideas one year. And, uh, and I didn't get the chance to see it, but my, some of my friends saw it. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see it, but, uh, yeah, Toto, uh, 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 kiss, kiss, I think his name is kiss, Kisaku, kiss, Kisaku, uh, Requiem for an Electric Chair. Oh, it is, um, it is today at 7.30. And, uh, it was a part of the Arts and Ideas piece. So if you've not had a chance to see this. Now would be your chance. And it's free at the underground. And if if you know anything about the Schwarzman Center, it's, you know, where Woosley Hall sits, it's underneath there. It's it's really, it's probably one of the coolest spaces and underutilized spaces in the city on Yale's campus. And that's saying a lot because, you know, they got a lot of hidden spaces. so uh, it's a cool space. And if you ever have a chance to go down there, it's called the Underground. Go check it out. It literally is underground. But, you know, it's such a hard damn place to get into. It's like Fort Knox. Do you know what I mean? And, and I don't even know how hard Fort Knox is to get into, but that used to be the saying. So I, I think anywhere is pretty tough. I think if you go to a laundromat, you'd be hard pressed to get in the way everything's all locked up. Um, but anyway, it is today, 730. Uh, you just go to the Yale Schwartzman Center website. Like go to schwartzman.yale.edu. And Schwartzman is uh, uh, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z-M-A-N dot Yale dot edu. And, and it's, you know, it's, it, it's a 730 to 9 o'clock performance. Um, so the underground is at, uh, is at the Schwartzman Center. It's at 168 Grove. So uh, just go, check it out. The the tickets are free, but it does require uh, registration. So 
I, I think you should. I think you should uh, check it out. If 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 I didn't have uh, so many other things on my plate, I would try to go there to see it tonight. And I might I might just try. I should just go ahead and register just to be on the safe side so I can get in. So I might I might try to catch that. You know, I might try to just go up in the space and and catch it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Cause it's still summer. 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 So Julia brought me back by some tomatoes. Her and her boo. Uh, they came by and brought me some tomatoes. I was very excited by that. Because um, I love, I've been on this, t- this tomato desire thing. Like I've just been craving tomatoes. I like them in everything. And, uh, and if I could put tomatoes and Lauren Anderson in the same room, I'd get bruschetta. <laughs> I'd get some good bruschetta. <laughs> I'd bring her some, t- like, girl, make me some bruschetta. Because you make it so good. I mean, it's not hard, I know. But still, when other people make things, it's just so much flavorful, so much more. So, so just more better. So anyway, um, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the dealio. Um, I've got a Chris, Christiana Smith coming on at 1015. I, I'm just delighted by this sister. I don't really know her. I met her over at Possible Futures. So she's got this beautiful zine that she just launched. And it's in parts. This is seed packet number one. I bought it. I bought it. I went and bought it yesterday in anticipation of her coming on today. And I just, you know, I'm a sucker for print things, you know, books, magazines, all the things. And it's just her being an artist and I love it. And just, you know, self-care and loving on herself. I love it. So she's coming on. We're going to talk about her, uh, her journey of artistry and fabulousness. So I'm talking to her. CPAC is for Liberated Practice Embodiment. Christiana Smith. Beautiful, beautiful. So her and her husband were in a, a Possible Futures bookstore. Right there on the corner of Edgewood and Hotchkiss, if you want to get over there. Um, get some books. Or get the zine. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to buy everyone in the, in the series. Because she's, she's going to have a series. So um, I'm going to get one. I'm going to try to get one. So this is the first one, and uh, I'm going to just get them. I'm so excited. So anyway, she's coming out at 1015. We're going to talk about all about her artistic journey and what that means and what that looks like. And, you know, and I love talking to artists because they're so interesting. You know, they just have a different view and path of the world. And I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> just, just want to be a part of it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, Let's see what else I got going on. Let's see. Um, Saturday, I go back to the Yale Access to Law program. Uh, it's been a week, but I'm working on my uh, personal statement. Not really, but I'm going to work on it today. That that really is my plan. I've been saying that ever since Saturday, but I mean I've already started kind of outlining. But um, so my coach sent me a directive. <laughs> She's like, okay, I need the, 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 this, 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 this. I need you to this, 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 and be ready to talk about it. Um, she used some language. Be ready to talk about it Friday. Come prepared. I was like, whoa, come prepared. I was like, okay, I'm always prepared, kind of. So anyway, hey, Harry. 
Hey, Maps. So uh, my 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 coach is uh, uh, my law school coach, law school prep coach. Uh, she is so dynamic. She sent me this email because she's busy too, and she and she said, you know, I I you know our three o'clock meeting on Friday has to be X, Y, and Z, and uh, um, and so I might not be able to do this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, oh, okay. But she sent me a list of what she wants me to do. <laughs> Are you uh, mentally ready for all of that? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> or, or, well, see, me, I would be ready at the last moment, you know, and then unpack everything. Mentally, that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Listen. You know, but it sounds like fun. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Well, I, I, it's going to be a lot. It's a lot. It's already it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's a lot. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have fun with it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. Do my best. You know, like, like anything. Well, we were talking about exercise. You know, getting back on the wagon and all. That, you know, I know. I got. Oh Lord, well, right, October so, one. I'm back on the wagon. Right. So. But you know, mentally, it's the same thing, right? So it's just it's you stretching those brain cells and everything. So it's the same thing. You, you'll be stretching out. It'll be fun. I think that's, that's so much fun to stretch out your brain. Yes. You know, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Wow. And you have oh, a, a coach, a young coach, right? She's 25. Yeah. She's a law student. I think she's like year two, year three. I don't know, but she's serious. She is serious. She's like, okay, I need you to be ready, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm going to be ready. (laughs) So there you go. We'll be ready. (sighs) It's Wednesday. You were born ready. I'm born ready. You're always ready. I'm trying to be ready. Well, the thing is, is that it's like it's just like we were talking about with the um, you have muscle memory, right? Yes. And, and it's the same thing mentally, right? You have muscle memory, and you could talk about anything. That that's could literally talk about anything. <laughs> I, I do. I do every morning. <laughs> so, so all you have to do is that mental catch up that like i said the stretching and then you you're good you're good yeah yeah you're good. Look, you got, do you have a fresh haircut you look like you got a fresh shape up is it fresh no, no actually well you see the fact that you see a little hair means i haven't shaved so oh, okay all right <sighs> that's coming okay. to me wow are, are we doing pundits on thursday because because i gotta see you in person person i don't think we're doing pundits this oh that's right because you know yeah i don't think we are either okay Um, we're still uh you know recovering okay let's recover let's recover (laughs) fully i want to be people to be recovered fully yeah yeah i mean you know there's 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 a lot a lot (laughs) a lot going around babs a lot (laughs) (laughs) you know even look you remember we were talking well i was talking about the rabbits could replace chicken 
Oh God, don't say it. Are you still? We, oh, I, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Talk about a lot. So this is okay. DC. This is DC is going on right now in the rabbit community, <gasps> right? So and it's in. It was found in Hartford, Connecticut, and it's highly contagious and it's affecting a lot of little bunnies. Now they say oh. it can't. It can't jump to humans. It can't, or it cannot. But okay. You know, I heard that about everything. Right? <laughs> you, can't jump to you. you know, I remember they terrified us with the bird flu like oh. 20 years ago. You remember the bird flu? It was just like, oh, my God, is that, am I going to catch the bird flu from eating chicken? So, so it's, it's the same thing right now. Poor, poor little rabbits. They're so cute. And they're, they're suffering their own COVID right now. It's not COVID. It's uh. It's RHDV2, right? So it's the rabbit hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic, something like that, disease. Really? So poor rabbits, see? Everybody's suffering in this world right now. Because of humans. Well, (laughs) that goes without saying that. Well, they have a different issue, right? So if it's not the disease, it's us, you know, thinking of them as a replacement for chicken. So it says like let's fix that right now. <laughs> it's rabbit season. <laughs> it's duck season. <laughs> rabbit season. Duck season. <laughs> so you know there, that there's, so that. <laughs> there's oh that. There's that and there's also scientists have, have just issued a shockingly bleak warning to humanity. That sounds that sounds uh optimistic, right? Harry. So, so the Earth's trees are facing an unprecedented level of extinction. Trees. Where, don't where we? You, where are you re- wait, where are you reading from first? <laughs> you see, I'm reading from Microsoft, MSN. And it's from the, I don't know which magazine this is, but it's on MSN. Okay. Well, just, just check the source of that before we. So. You know what I mean? They're saying, you know, Earth's trees are suffering extinction. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we've heard this a lot. I mean, especially we're cutting down rainforests all over the world, right? So you know, we are. That is problematic. So yeah, we killing, are kind killing, of killing. When you start messing with the rainforest, that does messes with the imbalance of the ecosystem around the world. Yeah. So. so so we are messing with, you know, I mean, what's a little extinction here? A little extinction. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. You, you know how we are. <laughs> oh, you well, you know what, Harry, you might be onto something because uh the science.org thing says up to 135 US tree species face extinction. Yeah, it's it's, it's getting bad, and we're like uh but we yeah. can do something about it, Harry, because only eight enjoy federal protection. So we could protect these trees. Yeah, but then how are we gonna like build, build stuff? Build homes <laughs> next, next to the forest, and you know, if they're protected, we can't knock them down. But yeah, I listen. I think <laughs> I think the trees should lobby for that. Like, uh, y'all done enough. <laughs> This this whole country used to be a forest. Now look at it. <laughs> I, you know, well, we know there's 
you know, these uh, conservationists, there's lobbies for that, but there's also big money lobbies, you know, to knock these trees down to, to build. So, I mean, I don't know. Where, I mean, like I said, extinction. You know, it's that these people who 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 kill off most of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> they, they think that they're gonna live forever, right? So they I, I guess they must. <laughs> no, they, of course they build their their freaking bubbles somewhere. They probably have a space station somewhere. And and we're the ones who are gonna be left with uh, rotting earth. Listen, let me tell you something, Harry. Any house built for any reason is always gonna have a problem. Any house built is going to need a mechanic or somebody to come to fix something. I don't care if they put in all the safeguards and stop gaps. There's going to be something that they're going to need a plumber for or an electrician. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, it's always going to be something. It's going to be, uh uh-oh. You're right. Even just the regular maintenance or cleaning their house. These people aren't used to cleaning. What, What do they know about cleaning? I don't know. I tell you what freaked me out the other day, Harry. Have you seen the um, the um, promos for uh, War of the World? War of the Worlds. They got a new version of it out. I think it's on um, Epic Epic Streaming thing. It's a it's a new, and you know you know Harry. When they start putting out this kind of stuff, they're getting us ready. And you know War of the Worlds. We know how it ends. We know the story that these some terrestrials come to take over the earth and they kill us, start killing us, extincting us. And we have to figure out a way how to fight back. And we do in the end, we figure it out, but. Well, of course, that's we unleash a virus. (laughs) We're good at that. (laughs) Like, oh, let's see. Let me go in the cabinet and see which virus I can. (laughs) Yeah. We'll stop them. (laughs) You mean, well, COVID-19 worked pretty good. (laughs) Let's release this one. No, I mean, you're right, but you also saw this, I saw it on WTNH, but I read it like a few days ago, NASA's going to shoot a rocket off to, to hit an asteroid because they're practicing for when an asteroid is hur- hurtling towards our Earth. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So they're, they're practicing by shooting an asteroid that's not headed. That's to- not coming towards yeah, us? right. Now, the the idea is to knock it off its course, right? Oh, boy. But what if in practicing to knock off an asteroid off course, we redirect that asteroid towards us, right? Because they're knocking it off course from wherever. What, how, what, what could go wrong? What, yeah, what could go wrong? Or what, what could how go about, wrong, Harry? How about some aliens are sitting on that and going, whoa, that was an act of war. <laughs> oh. oh god i mean we're shooting a rocket towards an asteroid and we don't know what is living out there right now looking at us well you know nothing harry we're the only ones in the universe <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have to be <laughs> we have to be the i mean you're right there's still people who think the that the universe actually revolves around us uh, our little speck Right, we're the center of this universe. I'm trying to understand this War of the World, the trailer. If this is a series that's been going on, or uh... you know, I think it's. I think I had seen it 
a few times um, that promo. I don't think it's new. It's probably a, they probably showed you the content, you know, the new season. Yeah, um, but I have to check it out. I mean, it, you know, it's predictive TV, perhaps you know that. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> Because I, I know there's a series which I didn't know, so maybe they're showing us season three. I think it's this is season three, but I don't, I don't. I mean, why is this a series? Because we already know how this ends. Oh yeah, it is season three of Epic's War of the Worlds. Okay. Well. Okay. It's set in. Um. It's set in. I think France. You know, it's like a European vibe to it. I mean, huh. we, we think we know how it ends, but you, I mean, well, in the movies, Harry, they we're hopeful. <laughs> we're hopeful. Well, the one I saw with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one we probably lose. <laughs> in this Tom sense. Cruise won. <laughs> and I remember seeing the original one, the original black and white one, Harry, from the I don't know whenever it was the sixties or whatever it was. Uh, we won that too. Are you saying we're not gonna win? <laughs> uh, you know, you remember the? No, we gotta win. Uh, what's the one with Mel Gibson? Um, Signs, I think it is. That he's oh. on a farm and. Oh yeah, no, I didn't see that one. Um, in that one, they figure out that the aliens are allergic to water, so. They so start just, using water against the aliens. Oh, that's just a few fire trucks lined up. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> so, so, but you know, the funny thing is, is that they initially, when they realize the aliens are kind of allergic to water, they start moving towards, you know, uh, communities with ponds and lakes and stuff like that, instead of just like you said. <laughs> starting, you know, starting up a couple of fire trucks and start. Killing, killing them all, but you know. Gosh, I don't want to be around for none of this. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, think about it, Bess. How many of us are gonna are gonna wait for somebody to come save us when the answers are gonna be right there? I know, Harry. You know, I already, I already know. Listen, when I pay attention, we talk about this all the time. When I pay attention to the traffic jams, you know, that's for me, that's the indication that we are going to be in trouble. <laughs> that alone gives me pause. Like if, if they announce everybody has to get out of town, it, everybody's not going to get out of town because you won't be able to get out of town. How are you going to get out of town? And you what does out of town mean? <laughs> you won't be able to. It's like in the morning here on Route 8, where the mix master, I know you see that on the news all the time where they go, the traffic on the mix master in Waterbury. Well, over here is just the strangest thing how people sit in their cars with all the traffic, and it's weird. And every time I enter Route 8, I get off the next exit and go to the next stop, the next entrance, and I just bypass all the traffic on the mix master. And I think to myself, what are, what are all these people doing? I mean, <laughs> it's like they're just in traffic looking at each other. They're, they're being the traffic. 
Yeah, you're not they're, in traffic. You're being the traffic. They right. They are the traffic, and all I do is get off and go around it, and I, I don't understand. I don't. And Karen always goes, "Well, why are you in such a rush? Why you got?" I said, "Because I'm not going to sit here for an extra half hour with these people. I'm like, I'm just going to go around, you know. Because and then you know, I, I drive a little, a little fast. I got a little heavy foot." problem but you know so she's like why are you always in a rush you know what to cure that enough tickets <laughs> I, i've never enough got, tickets will cure that i've never gotten over learning how to drive in new york right mm. so it's just i have to get to wherever i'm going as quickly as possible so Okay, Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know what, what I don't know what that's about either, because I sometimes think to myself, where am I going? And, and why why am and why am I making why am I moving with such haste? Yeah. Karen's always, you know, I'm in the car with you, so it's not like you need to rush home to see me. So like why why are we going 90 miles per hour, honey? we we could just stroll home. Yeah, we could. We just, could. We could. We could drive seventy. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get there, and I mean, uh, you're you're in the car with me, so it's there's just no rush. And she's right. I mean, I need to chill, breathe. Sometimes I need yeah. to breathe. Well, you know what? Now that you know that, when you get in your car, do that. I have been trying. Not, I know, don't try, just do. Just do, Harry. I mean, you, you're doing so many cool stuff. And congratulations on making the colonoscopy appointment. Oof. You got to do it. This I, is know, part I of, know, This is part of wellness. Yeah, I, you know, I heard your voice. I heard my mother's <laughs> voice. <laughs> Karen's voice all going. Because they called me. Uh, Mr. Droz, uh your doctor referred you because you are due. And I I hesitated. I was about to say, you know what? I'll call you back and make an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I know if I did that. You would have called back. I wouldn't have called back. So I started, I'm hearing all of your voices in my head. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like ghosts in the machine over here. I was like, the way I shut these voices up, <laughs> if I just do this right now. Yeah. So yeah. You gotta do it. You got and plus, you know, you got a history in your family. So you gotta, you know, and you're all, you're a man of a certain age now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're a man, you're a man of a certain age. So now you gotta now you gotta think about do I really want to be around the next 20 years? Yes. So let me go handle all the things. Yeah, I should probably stick around a little while longer. Well, you want to see these girls grow yeah. up. Well, yeah. I right, right. So I'm actually I had them this past weekend. Oh, all three of them? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Let me tell you, I drove them home <laughs> Sunday, Sunday in the afternoon. You're like, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> oh my god, I was so exhausted that. <laughs> I know you were. Three door, three, three. And they're three very different temperaments and energies. Oh my God. I, I know you was climbing right, the walls. Well, and right now, Lumi, Lumi doesn't like me yet. <laughs> 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 the, 
but you know, but it took a while with Daisy. Daisy would cry every time I picked her up. But like, you know, she started staying with us at year one. Mm-hmm. And Daisy cried for like six months until she got used to bouncing on Papa, you know. Okay. But so now I'm going through the same thing with with um Lumi and Bella's like, I never had that problem, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Which translates to saying I'm the favorite. I yeah. that problem. I liked you from jump pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never had that problem, Papa. Ooh. Oh my God, that is too funny. She's like, let me, let me, let me distinguish myself from these other girls. <laughs> I've had that problem. So that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. They are exhausting. I don't know. I'm get I guess it's age that the noise. I mean, they, their voices. Uh, oh, I know that pitch. Home. There's that oh pitch that they reach, and you're like, "Now this will send me to the insane asylum." Yes, yeah. that pitch right there. <laughs> it's like it's like Baby Shark. <laughs> 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 oh, it's ten o'clock. We gotta make the call letters. We gotta do okay. all the things. I got a guest at ten fifteen. Christiana Smith is my guest at ten fifteen. I'm delighted to talk to her. Her, uh, her. So it's uh, it's a book about art. Oh, by the way, you're listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. I'll do the PSA in a little bit, but it, it's a book about art. It's a it's a book about you know sort of wellness. Oh, okay. Art art meets wellness. You know self 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 affirmation and. I mean, it's it's very beautiful. Like it's 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 really really. It's hard to see this, you know, um, on camera. But it, it is a very beautiful zine, you know. And she's a she's a very interesting sister. So I can hold all of me. Yes. Yeah, so she's coming up in the next hour. Um, we'll be right back. Let me, oh, you know, I should probably cue <laughs> before I say we'll be right back. So, yeah. so let's do this. We'll be right back. <laughs> I found out I tested positive for COVID. Are you vaccinated? No, I feel like everyone is bound to get it at some point anyways. I had COVID. But since I'm vaccinated, I didn't experience any symptoms. When you're feeling better, I would consider getting the vaccine to protect yourself and others. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com nhvvax.com make summer safer protect your family from COVID-19 anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed no appointment necessary visit nhvvax.com that's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know
indeed the wheels do indeed keep turning on babs rolls ivy welcome back to the second hour of love babs love talk i've got christiana smith in the house now this is one of the best bios i've ever read in my daggone life i'm gonna read the whole thing because it is so well done so this is this is christiana smith she is a facilitator a theater artist intuitive gardener and queer black mama as the owner of Via Arts, she uses play and theater as a mechanism to dismantle institutional oppression and to take up practices that move us closer to liberation. Christiana is the alchemist behind the project Policy Through Play, which seeks to decode local politics and give the general public the tools they need to shift political practice towards a structurally care-centered world. Christiana also uses her social media platforms to explore the intersection, Black queer motherhood and pleasure, asking, how do I hold freedom in a world that tries to keep it from me? In her whole, Christiana practices generative conflict, deep joy, and radical dreaming. Most recently, she released the first of a five-issue zine series. I have it right here. Seed uh, entitled Harvesting Chaos, Seed Packets for Liberated Practice, which seeks to affirm and encourage folks to cultivate habits which align their values and their day-to-day actions. This first seed, this first seed in packet embodiment explores the affirmation, I can hold all of me. Through a collection of images, poetry, and guided rituals, readers are encouraged to take part in the deliciousness of their wholeness. There will be a celebration and a blessing of the project as a whole at Possible Future Sunday at one o'clock. Woo! Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I had to read the whole thing. I was like, it was, wow, she's really reading the whole thing. It's just so, <laughs> it's just too good not to like read it. It's, and read it out loud. Thank you. How are you? I am. I'm good. I'm good. I am. Uh, my baby just started like their first week of schooling. And so we're just moving through like what this new schedule is like. So <laughs> like right now, my ear keeps perking up to be like, oh, is there chaos in the background? And there is not because the child is not on the premises. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm so, and I'm so pleased and like really thankful that you invited me to be on today. So thank oh, you. Oh, so I'm much. so glad you had the time because, you know, <laughs> cre- creating, creating seed packets, you know, <laughs> this is such a beautiful piece of work. Thank you. Talk, talk to me about h- how did you manifest this? What's the story? Oh, okay. So I was, we're going to go back like about a year and a half. And I was teaching, I was co-teaching a DEI um, like training session with someone else with a with an older trans activist who had been in the game for a minute. And I'm finished, you know, we had split like 
she did a couple of classes. I did a couple of classes and I'm in the middle of my second class. And she just stops at one point and goes, Christiana, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. This is, this is beautiful. Like you have to write one. And I was like, this woman just don't read the things I read. Like that's what's going on. It's like, she just don't, she just hasn't like, she's not hip to the people I'm hip to. And I will tell you like in the next week, this thing kept happening. Cause when spirit has a message, you know, it has a message, you know, it's not going to stop. So people were emailing me. People were just bringing up in conversation. Like, Hey, Christiana, I heard you talk about this thing this way. Where did you read that? Or like, hey, you mentioned this thing. Where do I read more about that? And every single time my answer was like, well, that's what I think in my head, right? Like, that's how I think about that thing in my head. And then I was like, okay, so maybe I should write something. Maybe I should like, maybe I should like create something. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. So I looked up at my people who are the people who like are here for me, but we can't see them, right? And I was just like, if y'all want me to write something, you better get me money. Because I can't be out here making creative projects for free. I don't got the time. I have bills. Like you need to, you need to figure it out for me. And I hop on a Zoom meeting. We're doing a check-in and I casually say like, yeah, maybe I'll write a book. But like, if I'm going to write a book, I need somebody to foot the bill. Right. And this person that I'm in the meeting with goes, oh, I know where you can apply to get money. It was literally five minutes within me, like looking up at the sky (laughs) And I was like, oh, like there's no excuses now. So I applied for this grant. I got the grant. And then as soon as I got the grant, I was like, how do I put anything together? How do I put my thoughts together? Um, And I had been do, I had been at the time working with about 30 organizations, like across (laughs) New England. So I was like, whoo, like I have, I have observations because when you're a facilitator, it's not like I can go around blabbing other people's stories, right? Like that's so rude and like not in line with what we're trying to do here. But I was seeing so many patterns emerge and I was seeing the avoidance and the celebration of certain practices. So I was like, how can I like put that all together in in one spot? Um, And at the same time, we had just bought our house and I was like making my actual physical garden, which I call the, the sister project. It's like a little bit of a homestead. And I'm going through all these seed packets And I, I'm like, seed packets are so awesome. Cause if you've never picked up a seed packet, it like literally is like, you know, nothing about beans, who cares? Put the bean in this section of the garden with this much light at this space and then water it and harvest it when it looks like this. And that's how you like, that's how the beans will grow. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, seed packets. Like, that's what I want to put together. I want to put together something that just like allows people to step into the practice without it feeling like super academic or overly complicated. And that's really like where the genesis of it being a seed packet. And once I had the form, I was able to like write out all the seed packets for all five zines. I was able to find people and like bring them on board with really vague asks of things I wanted them to do. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then it's just been like such a collective like exploration since then. I don't know if that's like too long of a story, but that's the no. Story. Why is it too long of a story? It's a great story. <laughs> that that's a good story. That's a good story. So so now so you're gonna do five more of these, right, or six more? Four more of those. Four more. Yeah. And so now, does it feel like it? It'll be easier when you do the next two, the next three. Yeah. So we are we are actively laying out 
the the next two, which are curious. Because they so have titles and covers they already. They all have titles and covers. So this one's embodiment. The next two are curiosity and productive conflict, which are going to be released together. And they are in, they are written. We are just doing the, we are just doing the, um, some of the artwork is getting added in. Um, and we're laying them out so they're just as beautiful. So it's as beautifully stunning as this issue is um, right now. And then my hope is to have all five released by the end of the year. But also part of this process has been trying to live inside the practices that we're talking about, right? So like really as a collective, like as a, as a team of people who are creating this, for those people to be experiencing ease, for those people to be able to like experience pleasure in the participation so we've you know I had this whole vision that these were all going to be done by October and <laughs> and we slowed down because that wasn't life was not lifing that way so you know so yeah so it is a lot easier though because this was such an experiment and it's been a lot we, we all have like a flow of how of what the expectation is of like sort of what we're creating and it's been so it's been so fun to be a part of like creating this with the team of people who are who are participating in it. I so it's a it's it's a if if this is an indication of what the others will look like, it's a beautiful piece of work. So so tell me about who you are and and how did you become Christiana that we see today? How, what's the story? Ooh, um, who am I? It's such a big question. Uh, so I grew up in Bristol, Connecticut with, um, I am a, I'm the child of an interracial marriage, which in the eighties was not a very common thing. Um, and I grew up in a like very white suburb. And I think that that really informs so much of, of, of who I am because I was just sort of living this dual life of like, I am seeing all these white people, white people around me. I, I don't think I'm having the same experience as those folks, but I didn't have a ton of like black community around me mm -hmm. at the time. So I was just like, how do I like just was translating a lot. And I'm also, uh, I'm definitely neurodivergent. So like how I just process information and like share it to people. I was also like, I'm, I'm very weird in comparison to the people around me. And at first there was a lot of shame in that. Obviously like little kids don't want to be weird. Um, and as I grew up, I really learned that that was like a superpower, that being able to see something in multiple perspectives in multiple ways um, and being able to like disregard the things, you know, to just be like, okay, well, that beauty standard is never going to fit this body. So who needs that? Right. Like being able to sort of toss away these things that I was doing for my own survival, like as a child in a, in a early, in a, a young adult, um, that once I became an adult, whenever that happens um I was like oh this is I've oh these are like these are cool tools that I've been cultivating these are these are some wonderful things I've been I've been developing for myself I started off as a theater artist so I was in the Long Wharf Theater Residency Program about a decade ago um and I got the opportunity to like really be in the community in New Haven and like teaching kids I did an elder play project at Tower One Tower East for about three or four years um, and just really cultivated a love of civic engagement theater and so I left Long Wharf to start a practice where I was like 
why do we only do these things when we're getting ready for theater shows? Like, why aren't we doing theater exercises and play as part of how we just like build community with each other or part of how we break down conflict in a boardroom? Like, why isn't that the norm of how we're operating? Because there's so much to be done that isn't verbal and our bodies and our ability to move around and create art um, give us so much more information sometimes than words can give us. And so I was doing that and then the pandemic hit and I had to figure out how to do that online through a screen. And that's really, I think, where the zine came from was me trying to figure out ways to like, as a theater artist, incorporate the responses that we get from our, from moving our bodies. Like how do we look, how do we look at something and get that same um, energy. So I'm a theater artist in everything I do, including writing and including um, <laughs> making, making a zine. <laughs> I love it. So, so, so the zine is a very specific thing. How did you know it needed to be a zine? How did you, how did you know? Because you, I couldn't you, think of what else it would be. Okay. I knew it was going to be political. And I knew it was going to have pictures in it and it wasn't going to have a ton of words. Like it wasn't going to be the, the focus wasn't going to be words. So I was like, well, it's not a comic and it's not a book the way books exist. So I think it's a zine. And it's funny because my friend Constanza, who did a piece for the zine, she's doing the, um, the like doodle notes that are at the beginning of, of the, of the book. She was like, this isn't really a, she's, she's like a media artist. She's like somebody who really like operates in the written word and in the visual arts. She's like, it's not really a book. It's kind of an experience shaped like a book. And I was like, that is, that is exactly what I meant to make. And that's why I think zine really fits the title. You know, like we don't really have great words for these pieces that live in between other, other types of art. Mm -hmm. And so so who's the audience for this? Who, who do you want to pick this up? I want Black mamas to pick it up. Like if I had to pick only one group of people, it would be it would be tired Black mothers who need like five seconds to feel affirmed. Um, I want people who uh, feel left out of the conversation of liberation, who feel like when, when activists start talking, it sounds um, too theory. I want those folks to pick it up. Um, and I also want the, the theoretical activists to pick it up. I want folks who are like really interested in analyzing the world to pick it up and be like, how do I start enacting the world, right? Like, how do we start doing these things rather than just talking about liberation as an idea? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, which is why I started with embodiment, because I wanted to really like drive home, like embodiment is the act of doing. So if we're going to be in liberation with one another, if we're going to be in a world that is different than the world we've been handed, um, or the world that's been manufactured for whom, whomever it was man manufactured for, right? Um, we need to be doing things. And so mm -hmm. That's the that's the goal of of starting with embodiment that we can like actually start a practice of existing different. So is this the same as self care next level or how would you how, how do you talk about this to people? I I, I say I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, I do think it's like self, I think embodiment is self-care. I think embodiment is also, and I think a really dear friend, Bridget says, um, that if we're made out of stars, then self-care is universal care is universe care. And I think that that's true as well. I think that lots of times people are running themselves ragged in order to make something better. And then we end up seeding and cultivating a practice of running ourselves ragged and no one's being liberated in that cycle. Right. So it's self-care, but not in the, not in a space of like, go take a bubble bath and everything will be, go take a bubble bath and insurrectionists won't show up to your house. Like it's, you know, (laughs) like, it's like, it's really about like, what does it mean? You know, okay. Who knew that's all it took, right? (laughs) You know, it's really about like if we, you know, I I love in the beginning of the book, there's a quote by Audre Lord um from from her essay, uh uses of the erotic. And like this essay really shifted how I thought. And she said, let me get the direct quote. She says, um the erotic is the is a measure between the beginning of our so- sense of self and the chaos of our strongest feelings. It is an internal sense of satisfaction to which once we have experienced it, we know we can aspire. For having experienced the fullness of this depth of feeling and recognizing its power in honor and self-respect, we can, re- we can exp- require no less. And so this idea that like oppression is happening to our bodies, it is a feeling that is happening in our bodies. And once we know what it is to feel good, we can suddenly be like, oh, wait, that thing feels bad. And I know it feels good. So like, forget that thing that feels bad. You know what I mean? Like it's a real, it's a really base knowing of ourselves. And so in order to be there, we need to be able to like drop into our feelings and know when something doesn't feel right and be able to like discern what is wholeness for me right now and what is not. So that is, um, you know, that's, that's really where this starts. So it's not just self-care and the idea of like, you know, self-care for, for bubble baths and whatever. It's like, really like when we start to feel our wholeness, we can start to eradicate the things around us that are no longer providing that. And if you and me are both like, Hey, that thing over there is ruining my wholeness. Is that ruining your wholeness too? Then we can go after that thing, right? Like together. So it's, it's a collective self-care as well. Oh, I love it. So it sounds like, and I, and I, I don't know what the thinking is, but it sounds like they got, there has to be some retreats and some workshops to bring some sisters together and, and just plant some stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't That's know. listen, this is the hope, the, the hope is that like the whole of harvesting chaos is the work that I do moving forward. And so Like, I want to have people on land. I want to have people in groups with each other. I want to do, you know, like, and I don't have to do these things by myself. These are also things that are happening, like, around, like, we can collaborate with other people who are in our spaces and spheres who are doing this work. But this is, this is definitely going to go beyond the zine. The zine is just really a starting place to get people introduced to the practices and the ideas. And then, you know, after we have an idea of what a practice is, we create circles of practice, right? And so what does like, what does like the knitting circle for embodiment look like? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And that's I, like, I, that's I like, understand. What does the that, book club for embodiment look right, like? What does that look okay. like when everybody gets together and they're like, okay, you're working on, you're working on your like deep feeling too. Like what, how do I, you know, how do we, how do we initiate circles of practice? Not, not only that I'm, you know, holding the space for it, but that we are creating together and learning from together. So that's mm. like, that's the vision of the work as a whole. I love it. I love it. So, so what did you learn when you were put, putting this together? What did you, and what did you learn that you didn't know about yourself, about this work, about what is needed out there? Yeah. I think that the first thing I learned was how much I got in my own way. And I think that we can tell ourselves that in theory sometimes like, oh, I get in my own way. But like when, when somebody's like, here's, here's some money, <laughs> do whatever you want to do Bye. And you're like, I can't do this. It's really obvious who, who the person is who's stopping you. So I think, you know, I really, I really had to be in practice with my own, with my own greatness and like my own creativity in a way that I hadn't really had the space to do before. So I learned like how often I, I show, I I'm not showing up for myself and I had to be in a bigger practice of showing up for myself. I think I also learned the frustrating thing working on all of these practices is that the reason they're practices is because you have to do them over and over. So they are not, <laughs> so they are not things that like you just perfect and then you're done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like how every day you have to feed yourself. Like every day you have to like be in the practice of embodying your whole being every day. You have to be in practice of being curious every day. You have to figure out how to be in productive conflict every day. You have to like be throwing something out and figuring out what you're going to harvest from this chaotic world that we're surrounded by. So, you know, I, that is to me, the thing that is, is just constantly shocking to me that I am not an expert. <laughs> that I that it's not just effortless. It's easier, but sometimes I'll just be like, oh wait, I have to just feel my feelings right now. That is hard. And you know, that is and like doing this with other people and really being in the practice of it um has been ha just really like, oh, that's why that's why this book is needed. That's why this, that's why this zine is needed in this moment, because this is a hard thing to do, even when you're the person cultivating the practice and writing about it, the doing of it is difficult. And like, we need support and places to ground while we're doing difficult things. Oh, I love it. I, I, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, standing in your own greatness. And, and, and I, and I see people struggle with that all the time, particularly when they are, when they're given everything that they've asked for, or prayed for or manifested, and then it drops in front of them. And they're like, I don't know if I deserve this. I don't know mm. if I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know who am I to have this, you know? And, and then, yeah. so you start to see the cycle of talking yourself out of the very thing that you said you wanted. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I was avoiding that, starting. That you noticed that. It was, I think I noticed it initially because the the place that had given me money was like, hey, are you going to use this money we gave you? And I was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, you know, so <laughs> that was when I first noticed it. And then I just cried a lot. I'm, you know, I'm just going to be really honest. Like I cried a lot about like, I don't know, like 
the, I think also like being seen can sometimes be terrifying, right? And not, and you know, you're holding the book right now. You're having your own experience of that. I have no control over what you're experiencing. I was going into a very different art form than necessarily the art form that I feel comfortable with, which is like rooms that I'm in control of and can like shift if I need to shift, right? Um, And so really just like honoring that one, I had a circle of people around me who hyped me up, right? Like that was the most important thing. I had people around me who I have, my best friends will just tell me to shut up because they'll be like, that's, you're not even making sense now. You can do that. Can you stop? Can you, can we get to the actual doing of the work? So my best friends and the people who love me know how to, how to like stop my anxiety spiral. And just knowing that like every time I shared a little bit of the project, people's immediate reaction, people who I really trusted, who I knew would, who would be like, in eh, no. like people's immediate reaction was like, this is beautiful. This is needed. I needed to read this right now. And being like, oh, you know what? I believe in my ability to share something that might help someone. And then the last thing that sort of like ruined, like cut the cycle up for me is like, I would go back and read things I wrote and be like, who wrote that? This is really good. This is, you know what? This is, there's some- I do some that, I do that often. Yes, right? I do that often. Yeah, yeah. Freak, it's so a that little was- freaky. <laughs> <laughs> I read, you know, for curiosity, there's this part, um, the next issue is curiosity and it's talking about the tension between shame and curiosity. And so um, one of the things in it is like shame is a passing whisper sent to call me into my greatest self and I will turn to it and let it know I am divine as I am. And I wrote that one day and then I went to just review it and I read it again and I cried because I was in such a space where like, I needed to hear that like any shame that was coming up for me was something that like, was it something I had to deal with or own? Like I didn't have to own the words that shame was saying to me that way. Um, but like being in the, being in a process of just reviewing and remembering, like we're all in this practice together and that includes me. And like, even if I just, per- even if I'm doing all this work, so a future version of myself can read it and benefit from it. Somebody pay me to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I love that you, that you, you recognize that everybody will have a different experience with this zine, whatever it is, there'll be parts of this that will resonate heavily. And there'll be parts that people are like, aha, I didn't even know. So that's, I mean, that, I, that is a real artist to sort of be able to let go of some work that you created and let it be what it'll be to other people. What, yeah. what how does that make you feel? Hmm. It makes me feel after I, after I moved through my terrified feeling, <laughs> which my terror, you know, my terrified feeling is embodiment is about the tension between survival and embodiment, right? That's what this scene is about. So my terrified feeling is definitely a survival feeling, which says, if people don't know that you have thoughts, they can't yell at you about them. Right. And then I, and then I let that go. And under that, I just feel like what I've witnessed so far is what I'm going to take as truth, which is watching people 
sink into themselves as they start to read the book. Mm. Right. And watching people really be like, this is true. And I feel affirmed by the thing I read here. And so everyone will, will definitely find something different. And my hope is that the people who gravitate towards this work, who pick it up, who buy it, who like delight in it, that those people are feeling affirmed. And that if somebody picks this up and they think it's trash then like, I don't care. Like, hopefully they warm themselves by the fire of it. I don't like, you know, like I really, I'm really doing this for the people who are going to be affirmed for it by it. And if somebody isn't, or somebody doesn't like it, like they don't have to, I'm, you know, when I originally did the pre-order, I only ordered 40 copies of the book. Cause I was like, I don't know how many people are going to really like buy this. And in the first week, there were like 30 people that bought copies of the book. And I was like, oh, I need to go up my pre-order. Like I need to go up the print because I I didn't even advertise this really yet. So I, you know, and so for me, I'm just like really enjoying the love and the reception that I've gotten so far and allowing that to be the thing that fuels me because that's that's what matters to me. That's what mm. I'm for. I, lo- I mean, I... I-, I- I, I've not met you uh, except for that day I met you at a, at a possible futures bookstore over there on Edgeman and Hotchkiss. Actually, and, uh, I facilitated a, a room with you in it. Oh. That's okay if you don't remember me, though. Girl. I t- <laughs> you meet a lot of people. It was one time. I remember you. I think I'm an old lady. I'm talking <laughs> up to being an old lady and, and just being in too many spaces. But um, you were there with your husband. And it yes. was date night date night how was date night it was amazing what did y'all do because i've been i've been dying because you had she had this you had this gorgeous cobalt blue dress that just when you walked in and the and the air caught it (laughs) it, you were like this goddess floating oh my god i was like who is this goddess they have good air circulation and possible futures i I think she should rent that part of the space out just so that people could take pictures (laughs) (laughs) um uh we we went out to eat we're from new britain so we came back up this way and we went out to eat like on a patio and had like really delicious appetizers of stuff my kid wouldn't eat and we had alcoholic beverages adulting you were adulting and we were just you know what I mean it's like I'm sure that sounds boring to some people but I was like what the whole time I was like this is incredible well you know when you have kids you that stuff goes away kind of you know what I mean like you have to plan for that when you have a baby because especially when it's a pandemic like it's just like so many things have have really been in the way of date night so it was a really beautiful awesome date night and we were in bed by 10 because that's also part of day night. <laughs> Rest. Rest is a big part of date like, night. It's like, we, we're going to build in rest into this thing. Yes. yes. Some people are like, oh, let's have hot sex and swing from the chandelier. No, no, we're we going to get some rest. <laughs> we can have hot sex and still be in bed by 10. Like by all 10. the things can happen. It's, uh, there's room for, I can hold all of me. I love that. <laughs> I love and still get some rest. And so and that, I think up. that's probably the best message of all that you can you can do the things, but you have to build in rest. 
yeah and 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 and, and embodiment is sounds like to me um self-care to the next level yeah you know, as women start particularly black women um and i like when you said you know we we have so many practices of you know not not doing embodiment <laughs> not doing that we have so many so so this is for a woman so young you are of such wisdom you have such oh, wisdom um and uh and i i am quite moved by by it and uh I, I, I'm wishing you every success. So each one, I'm going to buy each one that comes out. I'm going to run the possible futures and get my copy because <laughs> I want I want the whole collection. Because yes. I feel like I can I can keep this forever and ever and ever and refer back to it as as I as I need it. Right? Is that the idea? That's the that intent. is the idea. I mean, that's how seeds work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how seed. You get a seed packet. You plant it in the ground, and the most best thing about seeds or plants is that they just make you more seeds so that you can just keep the seed packet and be like okay how did I make this again let me put these seeds back in here and I can just keep growing this forever and always so you know it's a continuous thing well I I so appreciate oh there we go there There we we go go. I love that thank you Harry for putting that up so um uh, yes so good luck on Sunday Thank you so much. Hope to see you there if you have time. I'm, I'm going to do my best. By. I've got 50 million things going on. But I figured. Uh, but I, I went and got my, I, listen, to me. I I'm, see you. Buying it is the most important thing, I think. That is. Thank so, you so much. So I bought thank it you. and I'm encouraged other people to go and pick up their copy. So, but thank you so much, Christiana. I really enjoy this. I hope you come back with each launch of each one so we could talk more about, you know, what these zines uh, what the topic is and what the theme is for each for each one moving forward. Thank Definitely. you. Let's let's do that. You have a beautiful day and thank you so much again for inviting me here. It was my pleasure. My pleasure. And kiss that baby. I will. I will. <laughs> Say hi to your husband. And I I'll see you in these streets soon. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. All right, Harry Jones, we're out of here. We are back tomorrow, Thursday. And uh, we'll be talking about whatever we talk about on the Love Baths Love Talk Show. I'll see y'all.